0: Good morning, Tuolumne Community Baptist Church. This is Pastor George coming to you from the church office, Sunday morning, Resurrection Sunday. What an amazing day it was. I realize a lot of people can't make it up to our Easter sunrise service, but if you would allow me, I'm gonna give you the message that I spoke to those people up on the hill. It was a beautiful time. The sun was just coming up over the crest of the mountains. You can see Tuolumne City on the the other side of the hill. Uh, It's just such a gorgeous place to be standing in front of that cross and to bring the Word of God. It's just an amazing time. So let me share this message with you because I know everybody can't make it up there. I've done a lot of different trades, a lot of different things in my adult life. Things I can say that I was fairly proficient at. I can honestly say I've always applied myself completely to everything I've ever done. I've always strived hard to learn more and be better at whatever I was doing in life. As a carpenter, a concrete finisher, running a retail business, even as a father and a husband, I can say, I know I made mistakes and and I did. We've all made mistakes. But I can say that I did my best. I can look back without too many regrets. And I can honestly say I loved everything that I've done. It's easy to do the things that you love, right? It is. You know, I I always tell young people when they're looking into a career, pick something that you love. It's so much easier to do. Then the call. Nicole. When God called me into ministry, I had no idea how hard this would be. Being proficient is just not enough in my mind, and yet it's what I love to do. Preaching is not like anything else I've ever done. I do not agonize over eating a great dinner or spending time with my wife or catching that perfect fish on a camping trip or nailing the accelerator on my motorcycle. All these things are easy because it's what I love to do. But I do agonize over preaching sometimes. I don't have to dig this deep with most things that I love. But I have to dig deep to preach, and yet it's the greatest love of my life. Why do I struggle so much when it's what I love to do, when your Christian hol- when our Christian holidays come up, I tend to get anxiety and almost panic because I want to bring something to you new and refreshing. And yet the Word of God tells us nothing new under the sun can be said. But yet, I want to get bring you something new and fresh for Resurrection Sunday. We've been in a sermon series at our church for the past 13 weeks. If you're a regular listener, you know exactly what I'm talking about. A chapter-by-chapter survey of the Gospel of John. And I believe or I feel it's been going fine. At least for the most part. You know that I'm my own worst critic. I've had people responding at the end of the message and no one has complained. Nobody's come to me and said, please, can we move on from John? I take that that I'm doing fairly well. Then I get to this chapter 13. It's like I hit a wall. It falls right on resurrection Sunday. There's so much in this chapter to talk about that I was struggling with my mind going what what part of this what part of this am I going to expound on? Let me give you a few facts about John chapter 13. Jesus washes the disciples' feet. And we could go on for an hour on the spiritual context of that event. Judas decides in his own heart, this is the time to betray Jesus. He was deceived in his own mind. And that, my friends, will preach. Number three, Jesus starts his emotional goodbye to the men he loved. And it goes on through chapter 13, 14, 15, and 16. Jesus loved these men so much that he began to talk to them like friends and brothers, even though at the Last Supper they were arguing over which one of them would be the greatest among themselves. Hmm. These men represent each one of us. Number four, Jesus tells Peter, he will have denied me three times before the rooster crows the very next morning. There's a little bit of Peter in all of us, whether we want to admit it or not. Then you have number five. Then I get to verses 34 and 35 in John chapter 13. And this is what it starts out: says, a new commandment. Well, that sounds pretty important. So important that I decided to read it to you. John thirteen thirty four says, A new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Verse 35, This by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This is how people will know. Who we are. Jesus has talked a lot about love before. But now he gets really serious and he makes it a commandment. I believe we need to pay attention. Check out this scripture. This is in John 13, uh, verses 13 through 15. You call me teacher and Lord. And you say, well, for so I am. If then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash feet, wash one another's feet. Verse 15, for I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Wow, that is so good. But then I started thinking in today's world, there's not much need for feet washing like they had to do. I mean, we have concrete sidewalks, right? And cars, and we wear shoes and socks, It just doesn't seem to apply in today's world. But there are many ways you can show this kind of foot-washing love to one another. Service is one. Being a humble servant to someone who needs your help. How about calling someone, like taking the time to reach out and touch someone? Kind of sounds like an old TV commercial, huh? Imagine the people that are sitting in rest homes during this whole year of COVID. They haven't been able to have visitors. I think a phone call would be pretty important, don't you think? How about giving up your place in line? We've all been to Walmart. We know what that's about. It seems like we're all in line waiting somewhere. Giving up your spot can really be a big deal. It could change someone's life. I know you seem to think that that sounds ridiculous, but it really could. They'll be thinking in their mind, why would you give up your spot? I've seen you waiting here all this time and you're willing to let me go before you. And you say yes. Because I want to serve you. How about paying for someone's meal? You know, there's lots of ways you can show this foot washing kind of love. But I believe it's more than that. These are all good things. But Jesus gave it all, his whole life, for you and for me. Listen to Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. As dear children. Do you remember when your kids were running around and they were wearing a Superman cape? Acting like they're superheroes. That's what Jesus is, that's what Paul was trying to explain to us here. That's what he was talking about. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. Let's be like Jesus and walk in love. Verse 2 and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. How about 1 John 4 8 says, He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Verse 9 says, In this the love of God has manifested towards us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. In this love, in this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the payment, the guarantee, the propitiation of our sins. Verse 11 says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. Isn't that amazing? The Apostle Paul also goes on to say here in 1 Corinthians 13, 1 and 2, you know the love chapter. Though I speak with tongues of men and angels and have not love. Now listen to what he's saying. If I could speak every single language on earth, if I could understand every angel who is singing to God, if I had the ability to understand All languages, I'd be a pretty smart guy, wouldn't I? But if I have not love, I would become a sounding brass and a clanging cymbal. Verse 2, he says, although I have the gift of prophecy and could understand all mysteries and all knowledge. Boy, if I could understand all the mysteries of this world today, just that in itself would make me a pretty smart guy. Because we live in some strange times. But if I could do that, if I could move a mountain, if I had all faith so that I could remove mountains, but did not love you, I am nothing. Wow. Love is really pretty important. Listen to Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Be kindly affectionate to one another in brotherly love, in honor-giving preference to one another. Did you hear that? Honor-giving preference. What does that mean? It's the hardest part of loving one another. It's giving preference to someone and meaning it in your heart. It's about the one thing in your life, that one thing that you're in complete control of, Pastor, you're telling me I'm only in complete control of one thing? Well, basically, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It can be influenced by many factors, by many things, but you're still in control of this one part of your life. And it's called your attitude. Your attitude. Let me say it like this. If you're giving honor, giving preference to someone with a bad attitude, I would say, please stop. Please stop. You're not doing God. You're not doing yourself any good because of that bad attitude. Maybe nobody can see it, but your own heart, but God can see it. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 through 13 says, for God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus. Verse 10, who died for us, that whether awake or sleep, we would be together with him. Let me explain that, wake or sleep. Wake is being alive in the earth today. Sleep means to be dead. That's when Bible refers to sleep. He's not talking about us sleeping with our heads on a pillow. He's talking about death. So listen to that again. Who died for us, that whether we live or whether we die, we should live together with him. That's our guarantee. It says verse 11, Therefore comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. Verse 12, And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you. Whoever's teaching your Sunday school class, Go tell that person thank you. The teachers that are taking care of your kids so you can be here in service, go go, give them a hug and tell them how much they mean to you. He goes, and recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Now he's talking about your pastor. Go give your pastor a hug and tell him what a great job he's doing. And to esteem them very highly in love. For their work's sake. For the work that they do. Let them know that it matters. Then it says, be at peace among yourselves. You see, for me, preaching never feels like it's over and done. I can walk away from a bad fishing trip and get on with my life. But I can't walk away from a poorly preached sermon and forget it. I can't tell you how many times I've preached and afterward promised God I would never embarrass him again like that. Why is it that when I feel I've preached a really good sermon and sometimes it seems to go nowhere and then I feel like I've missed it, I I completely dropped an egg on that one, meaning I didn't do so well, God often sees fit to use it in someone's life in moments like these. I comfort myself in the reminder that God's power is made perfect in weakness. You can find that in second corinthians twelve nine God often uses my inadequacy to keep me appropriately humble. a public display of weakness. In the thing that people expect me to do the best in, well, isn't very comfortable. I don't enjoy being humbled, but preaching has a way of doing that for me. I just remind myself that the goal in preaching is not to be a great preacher, but it's to be an effective preacher. Hitting this goal consistently is complicated. And multifaceted enterprise that plays in my head and in my heart. And I am humbled when I remember that God even spoke through a donkey in the Old Testament. And we see that as a miracle. Man, I see the miracle when God can speak through me, a donkey like me. Let's celebrate Resurrection Sunday with something more than Easter eggs and candy. And Now enjoy your Easter eggs and candy with your kids. They love it. I love to see them smile and have fun. But let's try loving one another a little better. Let's try honor, giving, preference. Kind of love. We can all do it. We can all do it. I hope you've enjoyed this Easter message. It's all about love. You know, I can remember the Beatles. They kind of had it back in the the album Purple Submarine. No, Yellow Submarine. That's what it was. All we need is love. Ba-ba-ba-ba. All we need is love. Love. Love is all we need. I think they had something. I think they knew something. Because it's all we need. That God kind of love. God bless you, brothers and sisters. I hope to see you soon.